Hello everyone and welcome to our today's podcast on engaging young people in advocacy and safeguarding. Today we will explore what are some potential risks while engaging young people in advocacy. We will also talk about the existing safeguarding risk mechanism and we will also explore and discuss strategies when and how we can engage young people in a most safer way especially when they are engaged for advocacy initiative our podcast is produced by safeguarding resource and support hub which is known as rsh rsh supports organization in the humanitarian and development sector to strengthen their safeguarding policy and practices i'm your host today i'm shanaz rahman i'm the national representative for rsh bangladesh hub and thank you for listening to today's episode let's get started I'm very happy to invite today our today's guest, Akli Mahdanili, Natural Safeguarding Manager, British Council. Welcome, Akli Mapa, and we are very happy to have you today. Thank you, Appa, to inviting me in this podcast. Akli Mapa brings quite a significant amount of experience. She has more than 16 years of experience in this sector with a specific focus on capacity building and resource development around safeguarding. She is specialized on mainstreaming safeguarding to human resource development that includes from payroll to performance management everywhere how safeguarding can be mainstreamed. She is also a member of Funder Safeguarding Collaboration in Bangladesh and uh, she is supporting and working closely with the safeguarding people and experts in the sector. I'm very happy to welcome you today, Akimapa, and our today's topic that is very relevant for you because you are working with British Council and British Council has a lot of engagement and work with the young people. And our today's topic is engaging young people in CSO-led advocacy and safeguarding. So my first question is, how do you see the young people engagement? What are the major advocacy initiatives where these young people are engaged with? So if we define advocacy, we can find it has three segments, like community-based advocacy, national and international level advocacy. So in our country context, I found uh, a positive and successful participation of every tier of the advocacy in our, uh, of our young people. They are successfully um, implement uh, community-based advocacy like prevention of uh, early child marriage and uh, 100% community-based, 100% sanitation, community clinic activation, and also uh, they are working with the union parishad uh, local level at local level to share their budget openly. And also they are working with uh, to develop their skills and being entrepreneurs. And uh, also I found that they are both all these, they are working in uh, local level as well as the national level. And if we share the international level experience, they are uh, boldly work in the uh, climate uh, justice and uh, what is the impact, bad impact of climate changes and they are uh, shout their voice to the international community to seek support uh, to the vulnerable communities. So uh, I, I found it a positive uh, and successful participation of in every tier of advocacy of our young people. 
I really appreciate the way you actually identified that how young people are engaged, and I really like the way you mentioned that uh, their their participation has been quite meaningful, and it's not only for their life and also for the community and society. They are actually when they are engaged for claiming their rights, it's actually becoming easier for the mobilizer or for the campaigner for the CSO to lead that agenda forward with the government or other duty bearer. And yeah, it's really quite interesting at the country level now because a lot of our population is young people now. So it would be one third of the population is young people and they are now um, sensible and engaged with the project intervention and also very much aware about their rights, which is really great for the country as well. So as you were mentioning there about their engagement, there are at the sector level, there are a few concerns that when and how we work with the young people, how we engage them and at what level this engagement is safeguarded. So what are the major safeguarding concerns or what, had, what has been your learning around the issue related to their safeguarding concerns how have you found that uh, while working with the young people while, or while the CSO engaging young people in advocacy? If I go first about the learning so to engage young people it's a great uh, learning and positive learning for me and definitely you will also agree with me that if we can uh, share the a uh, goal of the advocacy issues or the um, social action project or the topics what what we wanted to achieve what will be how will be benefited the community and also how it will meet the uh, young people's interest then they are extremely motivated highly motivated and uh, they work by their own enthusiasm and uh, also we found that if we keep their, uh, we if we open the space, we create the environment to hear their voice, and that we can ensure their participation and continue the uh, dialogue with them. They uh, they feel uh, highly motivated, and if they found uh, that they are in the leadership position and they are implementing their their voice are hard in the decision making decision making and they are the key part of the project then it's really work oil and uh, we know that the young people have uh, power potential and uh, they have energy so they uh, they engage all of their power and energy if they are motivated but uh, sometimes uh, we found few challenges as you mentioned the what are the safeguarding risks so I think there are a few challenges while we engage them in the advocacy intervention. First of all, I can share that the, their age as because that, uh, you know, that our culture uh, is not open enough to embrace the young people's voice uh, in the decision-making process. So we have taboo to hear, learn from young people. So that's the one kind of a challenge we face and they face in uh, the initial level. Another uh, challenge we can uh, share that the uh, sexual orientation. If you, if I share one example that a, a group while working in the marketplaces to prevent polythene use. Uh, so where the team lead, led by young girl, 
then uh, he cannot uh, get access or emphasized uh, rather uh, people are more focused on the male team member of that group so that sometimes uh, created the young girl then uh, feel low so that sort of discrimination we found in different level and also sometimes the topic or issue what to work for like uh, the gender based violence or the sexual uh, preventing the sexual harassment in the public transport the issue itself uh, creates some chaos some difficulties around the participation of the young group besides that we can uh, i can share that few other uh, challenge like mobility you know that when the young people are in actively involved in the campaign or advocacy issues they have to move district level or national level or international level to participate in different campaign or advocacy program or discussion then sometimes it create difficulties in the family level especially for female or girls group that um, about their uh, safety security concern or different kind of uh, issues arise so that's also another challenge and uh, sometimes young people face uh, political difficulties political challenge sometimes uh, political parties main counterpart or basically face this type of a struggle uh, when they are working so in their community so sometimes uh, besides that we also find that uh, in a consultation with young groups uh, that in these days they sometimes or mostly face the online harassment you know that uh, when we initiate any campaign or advocacy work in these days we have widely used social media so uh, sometimes uh, participate in the social media uh, or in a whatsapp group different type of media their number their uh, young people's address are um, widely Uh, exposed through the uh, these uh, platform they sometimes face uh, a different type of abusive messages texts harassment uh, so that that creates sometimes a psychological problem and sometimes uh, young people cannot control themselves they might or may can uh, do a self harm so all these safeguarding challenges are here oh, when you work with the uh, young people in, in advocacy intervention yeah you have covered uh, quite a good range of areas where safeguarding risk and concern arise i completely agree with you that the social and cultural norms where violence uh, is accepted is a huge concern when we work with the young people and uh, you mentioned with an example that how they are treated yeah as a as a as a development worker this is very important for us to be very mindful about these cultural norms and attitude in our community where we are operating because with those cultural mindset the young people when we interact will experience the similar or maybe the worst scenario and that can further harm bring harm to their life and i also remember one story from one case not a story actually the real case that where a girl was working in the club was preventing child marriage but with one child marriage prevention cases she experienced quite an adverse violence not only her and also her family due to the political power not the political due to the 
community, you know, in every community, there are the power and privileges. There are a couple of people who hold power. When you someone goes against that, then the entire family actually suffer and they have to migrate. But uh, behind the story that, that CSO who are engaging the club, they have no idea what happened to the life of that girl. But it's, we cannot actually ignore that responsibility as a development worker or as a humanitarian worker, that whether our intervention bringing further any harm to them. And that's where comes the safeguarding and taking proper mechanism or mitigation measures for that. And my next question is around that, that what mitigation measures do you see that uh, work very well or currently were practicing and uh, found very well to engage with young people and you would suggest the others, local CSO or other CSO to utilize the same or follow the same mitigation measures? Well, if we go for the risk mitigation action, I think the first and very important action is the risk assessment. First of all, we have to have go through a very rigorous risk assessment before taking a project in hand and also finding uh, group for uh, organizing any events. If we do a very rigorous risk assessment and also we heard the voice from young people who are uh, challenging their faith, we can uh, also keep few mitigation actions and really uh, to overcome all those risks. So I, I can say that risk assessment is very key and we have to have a very contextual based risk assessment. And in my experience in current organization and my previous organization, I found that there, there is a, we have to have worked with the uh, organizational capacity building. You know that when a uh, CBO-based organization or local-based organization work with us, they, they have very minimum resources to develop their own policies. So, so I, I feel that there is the most uh, important thing that we have to work with the uh, local level organization to develop their own policy, rather prescribe their, uh, our policy. So it should be based on their context, based on their strength, based on their loophole, based on their uh, community's voice, young people's voice, their staff's voice, how we can make the environment safer. So if we can develop the contextual uh, policy, that would be great and that uh, definitely works well. And we have to have uh, the, that or, uh, all of the implementing organizations should have to have their policy in their local language so that uh, staff and other program participants can learn. And the awareness, uh, there is uh, no other alternative to awareness session like training orientation in different level stakeholders and uh, also reporting mechanism should be there, which is very accessible to our uh, program participation uh, participants, especially young young leaders. And they should have a one safeguarding focal at least and the safe recruitment, safe recruitment process should be there. You know that uh, if we uh, hire safer people, then uh, the risk is being lower. So safe recruitment policy and uh, through this safe recruitment policy, organizations should have to have take reference to whom they are going to select or hire. So if he or she have any uh, disciplinary issues in their earlier organization. So, and you know that, that that reference should be checked by the, from HR people 
uh, otherwise uh, sometimes people share their friend name or friend type colleague names uh, so we didn't uh, get the clear scenario from that i can share that uh, there is a best practice in british council we also go for a fully verifications though it takes a longer time but i think it it uh, give us a, a positive result to make our environment safer and we also practice with our uh, partner organization on this recruitment uh, safer recruitment uh, process finally I, i i also shared that i wanted to share that the safe communication also another key areas to uh mitigate this risk uh, you know that we prefer that uh, the facilitating organization should communicate with our program participants and especially young people through the official phone number official email id and also uh, we have to maintain the time office time to communicate with them definitely uh, any kind of audio visual material when we develop with their young people so we should have to have to take consent from them if they uh, their child then we have to have take consent from legal guardians so these sort of actions work i can say from my experience and also i can emphasize last but not least that the culture development so of how we with our colleagues how you behave with our program participants especially young people so our gesture postural language and the way of communication uh, will develop a safer culture and people will learn from each other so that's that's uh, in a nutshell i can share with you that the, all these uh, mitigation action Uh, make our uh, make our uh, environment safer this is very very helpful thanks for sharing this akima this is truly helpful and you emphasized on the key area that we need to actually uh, that the, we should look forward when we are working and engaging young people within this mechanism do you feel that if there is something still missing that we need to take forward yeah definitely there are few areas first of all i can share that we have to have ensure that the safeguarding is everyone's business it's not only for senior it also is for all and also if not uh, for any project we should have to have mainstream uh, the safeguarding journey within the organization process and policies so otherwise it will not sustain and uh, another key area i can share that we are uh, involved in the Uh, training only staff project staff or organization staff uh, and second layer is the project participant direct project participant maybe young leaders but we should have to have go another round training for the stakeholder key stakeholder of the project where young people or any other program participant have to have communicate with them like administration like school teachers or by market committee or the any other government stakeholders and also civil society Uh, we have to have a, a, a wider awareness session with the uh, about safeguarding continuous capacity building is highly required for the cbo organization or local level organization i uh, like a resource hub we can benefit from this type of uh, facilitating organization or capacity development organization or expert organization these sort of support should be continue for a long run so that we can develop our organization partner organization who are implementing at the field level from my experience i can share that there is still missing a national level network 
we can develop a network in the future days where we can share our best practices, our documents and our challenges. And from that, we can develop a safer working environment in our organization. And another gap I found that the strong referral mechanism when any information of incident information come to our focal at the local level, they are afraid where they can communicate, how they can save the victim or survivor. So we have to have develop a strong referral mechanism. I know that BRAC uh, take an initiative about uh, such kind of referral mechanism in web versions, Shongyog app through Shongyog app. So we can make it uh, working. We can keep it update and take the benefit from this. So, but sometimes uh, you know that the project start with a good objective, but if in the middle it not work or or all all other stakeholders are not aware about this. So it will be great if we can uh, achieve this kind of referral mechanism active and get benefit from this. Otherwise, we can also develop local level at this uh, referral mechanism like uh, hospital uh, administration, police administration, contact detail or shelter homes, contact detail, psychosocial support home. So if we can share, we can support our survivors within moments, all required support are available in our, in our uh, organization. You know that one organization cannot provide support, all of all of the support required by the survivor or the accused or, or the witness. But if we develop a, a joint referral uh, mechanism and share, can share within a moment with the uh, survivor and the other uh, stakeholder of the incident, so that will be great. So that's it. I feel that uh, we can be future. Thanks, Saha. You mentioned the uh, risk, and also you mentioned about that. What is the mitigation measures missing? And yeah, I completely agree. And I also feel that the we are our current approach is more around the safeguarding capacity building at the staff level, but we need to take it forward. As you were mentioning, that our client, our beneficiaries who who are the key stakeholder for that for us it's very much important for us to ensure that they understand our safeguarding commitment and also understand both our and their role and we need we need as a local cso to ensure that the policy and procedures is understandable to not only to the community local language but also it's accessible for the people especially for the person with disability and also diverse uh, sexual orientation people. So the, this sort of initiative is very important when we are engaging young people, working with them, with them, ensuring, acknowledging that the young people are coming from a diverse background where the power, privilege, and hierarchies are quite higher in our society. And uh, we need to be very mindful when engaging them. They are equally treated. They have been given a safer space when they are engaged and we not only assess the risk but we ensure the proper risk risk mitigation management plan in place if your activity is is something that putting children in or young people in at, at the risk and your mitigation measures cannot afford it then i i would definitely suggest that don't go for it because you don't you 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 have no I mean, you cannot actually damage someone or 
cannot create a risk for uh, your client or beneficiaries engaging them further with any intervention and that should be the key principle and, and, and the center whatever we are doing uh, so the pro program design also similarly the young people should not be engaged in a um, their participation should not be like a tokenism or even base we should ensure that you mentioned that in the beginning that we should ensure that they are part of the program design and also part of the safeguarding risk assessment and, and mitigation plan design so that's what might make the mitigation measures effective for them uh, where they can um, share that what actually safeguarding or safer engagement mean for them and uh, as a cso we need to be very much um very much respectful while we are engaging um or working together because it is for it, it should be their their well-being and their development should be at the center of whatever we are doing thank you Appa. you have already mentioned the key areas that as a cso should take forward to ensure a safer organization and safer mechanism and I really appreciate you mentioned about the leadership organizational culture that play a critical and key role when they engage with their, their client and beneficiaries. So it's very, very important. Anything else from your end? We should keep safeguarding from the beginning of the project cycle to end. It, not, it should not be considered another standalone thing. So it should be every step of our thinking, of our uh, implementing action. Definitely, safeguarding is everyone's business. Uh, we should uh, share this message with all of them, all of the staff, all of uh, the counterparts we engage with, so we can create a safer working environment and ownership of the safeguarding uh, accountabilities. Thank you so much, Appa. This is really very well said, and I really want to thank you for joining our today's podcast. Uh, this is really a pleasure to have you today. This brings us at the end of today's discussion. I'm your host, Shanaz Rahman, and you have been listening to Spotlight on how to engage young people in advocacy initiative produced with the support of RSH. We had help from Andrea Whitkings, Mariam Abdul, T. Solomon, and Sheikh Arifur Rahman for scripting, editing, and recording. Thanks to all of you for listening, and thank you to Akri Mili for joining me today on this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you want to learn more about this program or on this topic, please visit our website safeguardingsupporthub.org. All of our social media can be found in this episode's information note. If you have any comments on this episode or want to share your thoughts for the focus of future episode, please contact us in me social media, Facebook or LinkedIn. Or you can also email us on info at safeguardingsupporthub.org. Thanks for joining. See you on the next episode.